What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 19 of the RXP podcast, where three working professionals talk all about video games, movies, and TV shows. I'm one of your hosts, Matt, and today I'm joined by Alex. Support local business. And Tiffany. I'm excited to be here. As are we. I'm very excited because today, letting you in on a big secret, today we are recording on the same day that the Nintendo Direct got released. I know Tiffany hates me saying that. Oh, gosh, Matt. (laughs) But it's exactly what we're talking about, so they'd figure it out eventually. Um, But guys, Nintendo Direct... This is the first time since September of 2019 that we've had a full direct. We've had like these mini directs, indie directs. We had a uh, an Animal Crossing direct at some point, like maybe at the right beginning of quarantine last year. Um, So just from watching it a couple hours ago, what do you guys think? Do you think it was great? You think it was good? Maybe a little bit indifferent, bad? What do you guys think, Alex? Where you at? I think overall, it was a very good presentation. Like you said, it's been a while since we had a official direct with a variety of things presented. Everything else has been kind of targeted, so you knew, oh, if you didn't care about Animal Crossing, you'd avoid that direct. If you didn't care about Xenoblade, you'd avoid that direct, things of that nature. But uh, I do think they announced a lot of good stuff. Uh, If you didn't own a Switch, did this direct... Or is this direct convincing enough to get you to own a Switch? To be honest, I'd say no. Yeah. I think, I'm not sure if it's the type of direct that convinces new people out there to get a Switch now, but I think if you are a current Switch owner, you're definitely looking forward to at least something out of this batch of announced titles. Yeah, would this have convinced Yasser to get a Switch? The answer is definitely no. (laughs) I don't think so. Um, Tiffany, what'd you think? Nope. Mm Mm-mm. I thought it was a solid, like, B uh, direct, if we're going to give it a grade. Uh, There were some things that I definitely was excited about. There were some things that I was kind of like, why is, I don't care. However, I did appreciate the length. Um, It was about 50 Mm -hmm. minutes of, you know, jam-packed full of information. And I'm pretty excited for a couple of those games. But we're going to talk about that later. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I kind of agree with you, Tiffany. I was thinking uh, a B. Jeff Keeley, he put out a, a Twitter poll, and he was like, how would you rate it? A, B, C, D. And I put B, because I thought it was good. Um, but majority of that poll was C and D. A lot of people really hate it, which gamers are notorious for being hard to please, so it doesn't really surprise me. But yeah, I thought it was good. Like, I thought it was jam-packed. It was 50 minutes, 50 full minutes. Um, but you know, a little bit of something for everybody. I, I think they started off pretty well with just tweeting about it days before this saying, Hey, this is just look at what's happening the first half of 2021. And I feel like they did that. Like they didn't undersell it. They even let us in on things that are happening at the end of this year and like 2022. So, um, maybe even overdid it a little bit, but, um, so let's just get right to it. We, you know, we're not going to talk about the full 50 minutes, um, but we have a few things to talk through. Starting off the Nintendo Direct, we have Pyra and Mithra being the new Smash Brothers character 
in March 2021. These are Xenoblade Chronicles characters, kind of like Shulk, the guy that I... (laughs) Me and my friends call him the naked guy because you can play without a shirt on in <laughs> Smash Brothers. Like, once you get enough anime characters with swords, they you have to, like, figure some way <laughs> to tell them apart. To tell them um, apart? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Did this do anything for you guys? I like that it was a girl. I thought okay. she was cute. And I liked Mithra. I thought she was cute. However, I was just like, oh, it's a sword character. I mean, listen... I'm not that hateful against characters with swords because there's mm-hmm. so many other characters with swords that I would love to have in this game. So I'm just not, you know, I've never played a Xenoblade, Xenoblade Chronicle game. So I'm happy for those fans who are super excited about it. Uh, but, you know, this isn't going to make me go out of my way to get DLC pack number two. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, as Tiffany mentioned, it's it's sad it's another, you know, as they call them, sword user, as if uh, Smash doesn't have enough of them already, and there's kind of a archetype that's pretty set in stone to be like, oh, if they use a sword, they're probably going to have a counter move, and then mm-hmm. you can probably guess the rest of their move set based on the fact that they use a sword. Uh, but I do think, you know, as she also mentioned, it's nice. It is another female, right? I know with mm-hmm. a lot of the Fire Emblem characters, they give us, like, both versions, the male and female. So just adding another female character to the roster. And the fact that she has a transform. So yeah. she does transform between Pyra and Mithra because it technically is, like, two sides of the same character. So mm-hmm. I think that's interesting. Uh, I do feel for some people out there, though, that might also have noticed she is blatantly censored. Obviously, it's Smash, so they're not going to represent the character how they appear in their original forms, right? You know, things like Sephiroth is different because we have naked Sephiroth or topless Sephiroth, so they at least included that. But obviously, with Pyra and Mithra, there's a little bit more skinship shown uh, in the Xenoblade game. So the fact that she's wearing tights, some people might be complaining that they've covered her up a bit. (laughs) But I'd say oh I wouldn't gosh. expect people to, <laughs> for Sakurai to let the character design go through as they're originally represented. But personally, I'm not offended by it. I'm just saying it's. It, I've seen some people note that mm-hmm. she is blatantly, you know, not the original representation, but you know, at, at least she's in there. Yeah. Yeah, I I like the transformation. I think the Zelda and Sheik character from Super Smash Brothers Melee. Like, it kind of, like, gave that vibes a little bit. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I'd rather have Sora if we were going to have a, a another sword character. Or even um, Aqua. Technically, Kingdom, he's a Keyblade. It's not a sword. Exactly. You know, either of those I'd be cool with. Aqua would be awesome. Um, you know, keep a female character and have some really cool Kingdom. I just want a Kingdom Hearts level. Can you imagine with the music and everything? Yeah, that'd be sweet. Um, Yeah. So right after that was Fall Guys coming to Switch in summer of 2021. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad. Uh, Um, I'm glad it's going to be open to a whole nother audience that maybe only has a Switch. And I really hope that there's crossplay. However, we still don't have crossplay for PC and PlayStation. So I don't know that I'm... I don't know that we're going to look out with that, but mm-hmm. it would be nice. Something they didn't address is, am I going to require a Switch Online membership to play this? Because yes. it is an online-only game. Yeah. 
Wait, what? It did. It yes? had the little font at the bottom that said Switch okay. Online well, membership sold separately. Okay, so this is now, I would say, advise against everyone out there. This is the worst place to play <laughs> Fall Guys because on PC and PlayStation, you do not, or excuse me, PlayStation, you do need an online membership because it is a pay-for game. But on PC, you do not need to pay any sort of online membership. So to be honest, I'd recommend people to play this on PC. It is on Steam. Go get it there because you just buy the game and you mm-hmm. don't have to pay any extra fees. Yeah, I'm just happy for more people to be able to play it. I, I kind of wish that Xbox tweeted out like, hey, it's coming here too. Because I would love just for everyone to play Because I think Mediatonic does a great job. And I just, I don't want anyone to have a barrier to play Because it's a ton of fun, which we all three need to play it again soon. Because yeah, for I sure. still need to get, I need to get that trophy where I'm partied up with three people and get a, a crown. So help me out. Oh, yeah. Uh, and this current season ends in two weeks. Oh, yeah, I need to get on that. Oh, yeah. it's going to probably have bonus XP. Oh, excellent. All right, um, so skipping a little bit ahead, uh, the next one we kind of want to talk about is Samurai Warriors 5, a uh, Koei Tecmo game coming out summer 2021. What do you guys, another Warriors game, does this do anything for you guys? So coming off of, if pre- listeners of previous episodes of the podcast uh, will, might remember that I mentioned I played through Neo 2, uh, which also takes place kind of during the same time period that Samurai Wars 5 is, the Sengoku period of Japan. So that's like 800s to 1200s era. And as Samurai Wars also takes place during this time, I think part of my interest in Samurai Wars 5 is because I played Neo 2. And I do, you know, with Nobu, Naga, Oda, and Mitsuhide Akechi being characters shown in the trailer, obviously also included uh, just, you know, notable Japanese historical figures in general. Um, I'm just interested on that. And, you know, despite it not having, I guess, the quote-unquote Warriors flavor that something like Hyrule Warriors has, like with a different Nintendo property, I think I'm interested just based on the historical, you know, setting of it so definitely it's it's on my radar okay when i first saw it i was like wait this looks like fire emblems three houses to me (laughs) and then i saw that it was a koei tecmo game and i was like that makes total sense because they helped with that so that was all i had to say (laughs) yeah it doesn't do really much for me those games have never grabbed me so it doesn't it's no real surprise for me um but something that did grab me is Mario Golf Super Rush coming out June 25th um, this year. I can't wait. It looks fantastic. It looks just like what I wanted. Um, So ready for this. What do you guys think? Are you guys in? So I'm super interested. However, (laughs) I did like pre-order Mario Tennis and Uh I thought that game was just okay. It was just okay. You know, um, the, I think I'm not even, I'm like not that far in the story modes. However, I am very interested in Mario Golf, even though I don't care about golf and I don't really understand it other than you want to hit, you want to hit the ball less times than what the game says you should. Like if it's par eight, if you get it 
under like if you use like seven strokes that's good um so i have very very rudimentary understanding of golf however i am interested i will probably wait till black friday probably to pick up that game okay to be honest you know it falls in line with their other sports games you know like super mario strikers and as tiffany mentioned i think it was mario tennis aces um and this I'd say definitely interested on that, you know, usually the Mario sports games are f- good fun, right? With the different abilities, you know, we saw Yoshi riding an egg and I think Luigi started ice skating mm. on the green, which was very strange to see in the trailer. <laughs> um, but yeah, like the speed golf mode that they showed off, which is like, I guess it's a combination of get it in the least amount of strokes, but also do it very quickly and I think that's where the Super Rush name comes into play, especially for that Speed Rush mode. Besides that, I think the name is really bad. I don't oh, know why absolutely. it's called Super Rush. <laughs> like, I don't, like, it feels like that has nothing to do with golf because golf is usually more so a relaxed sport. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't think about, like, it being high pressure, high stakes. It's like, you know, you take your time, yeah. you line up your stroke, you know, you, sw- you pull back and then follow through. Which you can pull like, back no, and follow through gotta... in this game because they have motion controls. It was like, right, is this right. back to the Wii? This is great. Exactly. Like, Wii Golf. And I think the motion controls just add to the exercise point of it too, right? It's like you can get bad knees playing golf inside your home. You don't need to go <laughs> to the green to get bad knees. <laughs> so what would you have like used for a name then? Mario Golf on the green or like what what could you have come up with? I mean with? what maybe... about just Mario Golf? Do we have to have a moniker? It's been long enough. Well well, I think it's to to emphasize it's like a new version, right? So I understand like they call it like Super Mario Strikers and then like Super Strikers. Oh, they could it call like it Mario Super Tennis. Mario Golf. They could you know? do that, what but about Super I, Par. I, Right. <laughs> no, because then people say subpar. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I don't know, uh, obviously, Nintendo's marketing strategy when they're coming out with the titles of, like, when they do they use the Super in the Mario title or when they, do they not use the Super. It seems like for the sports games, they try not to use Super. At least call it Super Mario whatever. It's just Mario because, you know, they're including a bunch of different characters in it. Uh, it could be, like, I don't know. I didn't think... On the spot, maybe Mario Golf Power Stroke, and also that I know that that might sound wrong too, but that's like don't think of it like that for you wrong-minded people out there. But something along the lines of like a golf action, you know? Yeah, but maybe all not the one I just suggested. All about those know? strokes. Yeah. All right. Moving on from the the power stroke or whatever you just called Mario golf (laughs) Um, (laughs) neon white an Annapurna game. Um, Very strange, but kind of invigorating. Like it was a cool trailer. I think I don't have enough reflexes for this game because it's like very high speed first person. You're like killing demons in heaven or something, some weird premise. Um, Alex, did this, this spoke to you, didn't it? So when I saw the art, I was turned off. Like the cover art was very unappealing to me because I'm like, who are these weird mass characters? Is this some sort of edgy 
anime, you know, whatever. And then when I saw the gameplay, I was deeply intrigued, mostly due to, you know, obviously I'm also not, well, I wouldn't say obviously, but I'm not good at, you know, fast paced games, right? I'm not the biggest fan of like the Doom series, Mm -hmm. uh, but I do enjoy the type of gameplay that it provides, right? The kind of like fast movement, think on, you know, on the drop of a dime, like, oh, I got to shoot this enemy and then I got to move over here and shoot that enemy. And it does feel like it is channeling that same Doom slash Wolfenstein type of energy of moving quick and killing demons. In this case, you're killing demons in heaven and not hell. But in particular, what I found interesting was it does this type of first-person shooter mechanic using what seems to be not necessarily a deck-building system, but a card system. So you actually yeah. pick up cards in the environment, which are your weapons that you use to kill the demons. And I thought this was a very neat twist on this kind of combination of fast-paced first-person shooter combined with this kind of like deck, you know, mechanic. Hmm. So I really like the art, but when I saw the gameplay, that's when I was turned off. And I was like, first-person like action, super fast action. I was like, I, I can't. Mm-hmm. I'm probably gonna be terrible at that game. So, but I think the art looks cool. Yeah, I was kind of with Tiffany. Like I was, I was kind of in from it, and then when I saw it, I was like, I don't think I'm gonna be all right with this. <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna be good at this <laughs> at all. <laughs> uh, I just don't like the whole deck building and like the card picking up and the thing. It's just not something I'm into. But you know. I would say I'm super interested for the speed runs of this game because I can only imagine how like what the skill ceiling is for being good at this and like completing levels as quickly as possible and I'm pretty sure that'll be entertaining to watch yeah I'll watch the heck out of it for sure um plants vs zombies battle for neighborville like this said complete edition I guess this is a port from some other time ago. Um, yeah. But, man, this has come a long way since being on your on your mobile phone way back in the day. This comes out March 19th. Honestly, so this is a port of Battle for Neighborville that originally came out in 2019. So the oh, game's, like, coming up that on... that far ago. Yeah, not that far old. Uh, it just been, you know, EA seems to take a while to bring things to Switch. Hmm. Pretty slow on the, the conversion rate as we can see by how long it took them to get apex on switch um but honestly from my perspective as a psa to those out there do not get this game i picked it up on ps4 and i played it and i've and i love so this is in the plants for zombies garden warfare series so for all intent and purposes if you've heard of garden plants for zombies garden warfare one or two this is technically the third one of that line um, and I loved the first and second Garden Warfares. I played probably at least 60 to 80 hours of each of those. I put in a lot of time. You know, there wow. there is a single-player component, but it's mostly a multiplayer, third-person shooter. And Battle for Neighborville just wasn't as good as the first two. And I'm not sure if it's due to a balancing thing, mm. um, because there are a lot more characters you can choose from. As you saw in the trailer, there's a lot of plants and zombies um, character classes but I just think it is the worst of the three. Uh, I don't know what the servers are like for the first two, but if you're interested at all in this, I'd say go look for the first two on you know PlayStation, Xbox, or PC because I don't think they're on Switch. 
Uh, but they're definitely better games. So personally, I would not recommend Battle for Neighborhood Complete Edition. Okay. You heard it here. You heard it here. You you sold me to not to not buy it. <laughs> for sure. Thank um, you for saving right my budget. That, yeah. I need saving of the budget. Because <laughs> who knows what's going to be released this year. Uh, right after that was... A small game, or maybe it's not that small, actually, but Miitopia. Um, this is coming out May 21st. Uh, spoiler, me and Tiffany were watching this, trying to live streaming it uh, with each other after work over Discord. And Tiffany, you kept saying, this looks fun. This looks fun. <laughs> Tiffany, do you still <laughs> think this looks fun after letting it so sit a I while? was. I was like looking at it. I was like, wow, I'm not mad at this. Like, this looks really like this looks like it could be fun, man. If this is like a $30 game, like I'd be down. Uh, mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. Apparently it was a 3DS game originally, which I just didn't even re- I must have just like forgot about it. I must have seen it come out and, you know, it didn't like make a big splash or anything. I look at the eShop today right after the direct and the game is selling on the eShop for 49.99 and I was like $50 and then I find out that the game was originally a 3DS game that came out like maybe in 2016 and right now GameStop is selling the 3DS version for 34.99. Yikes. So I am not getting this game. I mean it looks kind of fun because it's like you know, Nintendo had Miis where you make a little character that looks like a cartoony version of yourself. And you're a witch or wizard. It's almost like a little fantasy world that you're going on an RPG adventure with. But the cost of the game for a 3DS port right now, like, I, there there are other ports that I'd pay more money for. Um, you got to pay that Nintendo tax. Yeah. Listen, Miitopia is not going to be one of them. The only 3DS game that should have been announced in this Nintendo Direct was Majora's Mask 3DS announced for the Switch. <laughs> I'm only a little bit kidding. And it and it wasn't. Spoiler, it wasn't announced. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, after that, Animal Crossing. We know Tiffany is all about Animal Crossing. They announced Super Mario items. Uh, you've got Wario. You've got Mario, Luigi outfits. You've got Thwomps. You've got coins and mushrooms and all these things tiffany are you going to just make your island the mushroom kingdom honestly okay i gotta be honest with the audience everyone i'm so sorry i have not played animal crossing since like january 1st and i haven't logged on in so long i even missed festival i thought i was like i was like oh my gosh festival i gotta go in it was on february 15th and that was a few days ago, and I did not log on. However, wow. this direct showing me this free update on February 25th, showing me like almost looks like tens of Mario items, outfits. There's a freaking warp pipe that you can put on your island and warp. Right, that you is get cool. inside the pipe and you warp to another location. Like that looks so cool. I And there's so many items where you have to buy it from the freaking the nook atm machine and that limits you to five purchases a day so i was like oh my gosh i have to log on every day for i don't even know how long to buy 
each item because I could only get five. And I was like so overwhelmed, but like everything looks so cool and I want it in my inventory. And I'm probably going to look at the game. I'm probably going to get back in there. I've, at least on the first day. And maybe I'll prioritize the items that I want. I really want Princess mm -hmm. Peach's crown. I really want that. So, you know, it looks really neat. And, I mean, this might get me back in there. Yeah. It, it's one of those things where I've been almost thinking about getting back to Animal Crossing. But the problem is, if I get in now, I'm basically starting back where I was. So I'm getting all the same fish that I got last March when it released. <laughs> I'm getting all the same <laughs> bugs and everything. So it's like... <laughs> it's like the worst time to go back into it but um yeah. i don't know those but super you get mario the new items, items yeah the items are really cool the warp pipe i can i can't believe i forgot about that that's awesome um so many options you could probably like make a secret beach with no entrance except for the warp pipe that would be so cool yeah anyway. yeah so many opportunities this update really is the shot in the arm that I think Animal Crossing needed. Mm -hmm. Not to say that the Animal Crossing items themselves weren't interesting, but you know, compared to previous titles, I you know I think there have been other Nintendo-related items in older Animal Crossing games. Yeah. So this is that thing of okay, now you've played a year of Animal Crossing without that kind of crossover stuff. Now we're going to really get you back into it because we might not have new seasonal stuff because you've already seen all the seasonal stuff because we've gone through a year. Mm -hmm. But we're going to have, you know, starting with Mario, maybe they'll do Metroid. Maybe they'll do Zelda in preparation for the anniversary later. <laughs> um, things of that nature. Point. But uh, I think, you know, and in particular to that war pipe, not to say that that gets me interested back into the game because, you know, I dropped it a long time ago myself. Mm. But I think things like the warp pipe are what can make Animal Crossing more interesting and have a longer lifespan, at least for even diehard fans. Because for me, one of the core reasons I fell off is it kind of felt like as flexible as the game was designed to let you build your own item and be self-expressive in that way. I felt like it was still limiting in a lot of ways. Like when they added swimming for the summer stuff, I thought that now you could potentially cut your island in half and you could maybe make like two islands and you were required like swimming to get to mm -hmm. like one side of the island to the, you know, the other part. And it wasn't there. Apparently I think it's just swimming on the outskirts. So I, I really felt like Animal Crossing could use more kind of gameplay changing mechanics like this warp pipe could provide, as you mentioned, Matt, of here's a very hidden area that's only accessible via this warp pipe and you could probably put some crazy stuff up there and it'd yeah. look super cool. It would be so, so cool. I'm hopeful for more of that stuff in the future. Yeah. So the next thing that came up after this is actually something that really interests me um, called Project Triangle Strategy. So this is, um, you guys should just, all our listeners, go look up Octopath Traveler and then go look up Project Triangle Strategy. It's a working title. It has the coolest art. It's a 2D HD, um, and this is actually a tactical RPG, so very similar to kind of Fire Emblem. Um, besides having probably one of the corniest backstories, um, like this looks great. Supposedly they are, have a deficiency on salt and iron. So they have, uh, come across the salt iron war, 
uh, which is <laughs> kind of corny, but I'm kind of there for it. And it is coming in 2022. So Tiffany, you played the demo that released. I after did. This. I kept honestly uh, right after the direct finish. I kept refreshing my Nintendo eShop to get the demo because I wanted to check it out. And I managed to get it, and I played about, I'd say, 20 minutes, 25 minutes of the of the demo. It opens up with a preface that says, or a disclaimer that says, this is a little bit harder than, you know, the normal because you didn't, you're hopping into the middle of the game. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you didn't get to train your characters the way you wanted. And so you're kind of dealt with the cards that, you, you know, you have to play with. And uh, when I booted it up, it gave me a little intro story, very almost like medieval Games of Thrones-ish kind of political intrigue. And then it hops you into chapter six. And I was definitely like flabbergasted. First of all, I like don't know anyone's names. I'm like trying to learn people's names. I don't really, you know what I mean? I don't Mm. know the relationships between people. I'm trying to tease that out as I'm playing. And then a big plot point, I'm assuming this is a big plot point happens. And then you're kind of like rushed off and you start like a little escape situation, you know, where you need to get, you get to a bridge and you need to get on a boat. And then the bridge play happens. The the soldier, these soldiers come up, you got to defeat them and get on your boat. And let me just tell you that I lost two of my characters. I started with like, eight or they nine died? and is I it lost... permadeath yeah uh, i don't know that's a great question one of my characters died and then another character died and then it said game over so i <sighs> don't know if the second character that died was like a key character that wasn't allowed to die or if like maybe you lose two characters you automatically like x out i'm not really sure i did think the game was a little bit I just didn't really understand what the class... Like, you know, they, they show me the picture of the character, their name, and what class they are. And some of the classes are kind of self-explanatory. But, you know, I just don't know what kind of abilities that they have or the reach that they have because it's a tactical RPG. You move your character a little bit of squares and then the attack they have can reach so many squares away or it can right. only be right next to you. I figured out there was a combo situation where if you are, um, you put an enemy between two characters, I guess not um, like a, essentially directly across from each other, you can trigger a combo move when one character attacks oh, cool. the, the character behind will then attack or, you know, put up a follow-up attack. And the art styles are really cool. Honestly, one of the things that I wasn't the biggest fan of is that, like, every character had to try to say a one-liner. Like, Mm -hmm. when you started the battle, like, the main character's like, we need to make it to the boat. And another character's like, don't worry, we're going to protect the prince. And then another character says, like, and we will move forward. And then another character's like, let's go. You know, like that <laughs> kind of dialogue. Go. I was just like, oh, my. I was like, oh, my God. Can I just play? Can I just play? Can I just play? And I, I don't know. I'm I was all about this game when it showed up in the trailer. Everything I saw about it, I was into it. I was like, oh my god, I totally need another tactical RPG in my life. I really should be playing Fire Emblem Three Houses, you know, Blue Eagles, and Red... 
I don't even remember what the houses are anymore. Blue. Oh no, it's blue lines and red eagles. Yeah, that's what it is. I. I probably should just go and play that for my tactical RPG fix, especially since finding out that Project Triangle strategy is coming out in 2022. Um, and I was super into it. However, playing the demo, the all the dialogue, and maybe it's because I just fell into the middle of it that I was, yeah. you know, confused. I don't know anyone's name. However, I still am interested in this game. I will go back and play the demo Probably I'm going to try it one more time to okay. make it through the little bit that they gave. But yeah. So honestly, we know it says working title, but that is the actual title. That will be the actual title of the game. You'll be calling this triangle strategy when it comes out in 2022. Just like how Project Octopath Traveler was the working title for that game, but it ended up just being called Octopath Traveler. Mm. Yeah. Um, but jokes aside... Definitely, I think you know it's a combination of as as Tiffany mentioned. You know, I haven't played the demo, but I love tactics games. I'm a big fan of the Disguise series. I've played a few of mm-hmm. the Fire Emblem games. Uh, you know, never played Final Fantasy Tactics, but obviously this is a taking a lot from that series. You know, it's a kind of spiritual successor to that to that side branch of Final Fantasy. But what I was more so interested in was the fact that. The beginning of the trailer noted this is part of the HD 2D kind of series. And I'm very intrigued what that means for, uh, at least from Square's perspective of saying, you know, Octopath Traveler being kind of the first game in this quote unquote series. But when that released, they didn't call it that. They just called it, it had HD 2D graphics. So the fact that this trailer leads with it being the HD 2D series, I'm very interested how they carry this forward. And if we're going to get more games kind of in this, you know, sprite based character design, but, you know, 3D high definition environment art, which just looks absolutely stunning. Mm -hmm. And I'm hopeful that we get more games kind of in this art style of different genres, right? The first one being a turn based RPG and Octopath Traveler, this one being a tactics RPG. So I'm excited off of that part of the trailer alone, knowing there's more to come, hopefully. The fact that it's now a series, but also triangle strategy looks great. I enjoy the corny voice lines. So personally, I, I'm not going to be bothered by that. I love the <laughs> oh whole like epithets and one liners, like give it all to me. I just want to hear all that great uh, voice work uh, because in Octopath Traveler in particular, one voice line that I'm not sure you guys probably remember, but uh said by Ulbrich is my blade is unbending Mm -hmm. and that's whenever you use one of his special moves and that line is just so great because that voice actor delivers it so well and that's a line I'll remember so if if these characters in triangle strategy have lines like that then I'm sold (laughs) okay yeah it looks good it looks good we'll see 2022 is a long way away so they could definitely rework all that and I'm sure they're getting feedback and if a lot of people don't like certain things, who knows? Maybe they could work on it. Um, so really jump into the last couple things that were released. Um, these were two of probably the biggest ticket, potentially. Um, we'll go ahead and start with Splatoon 3. Splatoon 3. I have never played Splatoon besides the Splatoon, the Inkling that's in Smash. That's the only Splatoon I've ever played. This is not a game that like I'm super interested in. It looks cool. 
Um, have you guys played Splatoon at all, Alex? So when uh, Tiffany and I actually went to uh, E3 2017 and we demoed Splatoon 2 there on the Nintendo show floor. So we actually, and oh, cool. that was my first time ever playing a Splatoon game. I'm pretty sure that was Tiffany's first time ever playing yep. a Splatoon game. Yep. That was our only time ever playing a Splatoon game. Tiffany and I did not buy Splatoon 2. We never played nope. the first Splatoon. Nope. Never really tried it. But I, what I thought was super interesting from the trailer is obviously it's continuing the story of Splatoon 2. So we see this kind of post-apocalyptic Earth because the Eiffel Tower is upside down in the sand. And then we see this kind of weird, like, urban, like, desert town. But it's, like, a Tokyo-type city because there's a bunch of, like, signage and everywhere. Or it just looks like a ur- modern urban city with a bunch of, you know, advertisements all over the place. So I'm interested based on that because, you know, post-apocalyptic stories are always great for the most part. And I don't know what happened in Splatoon 2 for the world to become like this, but maybe this is more of a reason that I should go play Splatoon 2. Um, but in particular, what I wanted to note is, so Splatoon being, I guess, Nintendo's premier third-person shooter game that's you know exclusive to the Nintendo platform, what I thought was interesting is in the clip where they're kind of coming out of the boxes and like launching onto the arena, that looks like an obvious influence from another game that came out about a year ago called Rogue Company, which is another competitive third-person shooter that has that same kind of landing onto the map mechanic. So I just thought it was an interesting thing of not to say that Splatoon took it from that game, Mm -hmm. but there's obvious influences from other kind of competitive third-person shooters where they're taking those mechanics and incorporating in there. But I just thought it was interesting, and I like the... The, the weird fish thing, the fish pet. That was, he was cute. The little buddy. Little buddy's turn. Yeah, the little buddy. <laughs> that game, honestly, I mean, Alex, you say you're intrigued, but then having to play through Nintendo online, like, I don't think you're playing this game. Like, you're not. You're oh, not no. I, yeah, I'm intrigued on the premise of the idea, but, I mean, it has a single player, so I can play the single player without the online component. So, there's that. Yeah, there's a 0% I think 0% the vibe chance. looks cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm with you, Matt. 0% chance that I'm going to play it. Well, I was... Yeah, that's how I was going to say. <laughs> there's 0% chance I'm definitely not yeah. going to play <laughs> this game. Did you have anything else to say about it? No, I mean, the vibes always look really cool. The music is kind of interesting because it's, you know, what... You know, it's just like this fast-paced, garbled, like, poppy... EDM type music but yeah I'm not it didn't like it I wasn't gonna call home about it you know like this is whatever but I know people who are excited about it so I'm happy for them yeah as am I another this is another game that comes out in 2022 Uh, so I guess they're you know showing off hey this is coming later give us some time Um, now talking about something that they told us to give us some time uh, Anuma came up and said, hey, and anyone who knows, he is basically the main man for Legend of Zelda, which is the 35th anniversary this year. And everyone is very much waiting for Breath of the Wild Part 2, especially me, since I drafted it in my Opic Critic. <laughs> um, he says, hey, I bet you're wondering why I'm here. 
You know, you probably think I'm here for Breath of the Wild Part 2. Well, I'm not. I'm not here for that. <laughs> Give us some more time. Here is our trailer. And what is it? It is Skyward Sword HD, um, which came at the end of Wii. The, you know, the Wii era. Um, Wii was definitely on its way out and was definitely kind of an outdated console at that time. And it kind of... It was fine. I actually know a couple friends uh, from high school that it's one of their favorite Legend of Zelda games to this day. Still one of their favorites. Wow. Um, to me, I I got it for Wii. I never finished it because I hated the tutorial messages. I hated the motion controls. And the aesthetic of it was not what I wanted. This is coming off of 2006. Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess, which is still one of my favorites. Um, it's def it's not, you know, like top three or anything, but it's probably in my top five-ish, which is, is high praise for a Legend of Zelda game. Um, so coming off that, more of a realistic vibe to this kind of like cartoony, I wasn't really about it. Um, but this got released or got announced for July 16th um, with... The one thing that I actually am excited for is the Legend of Zelda Joy-Cons, which look awesome. Like, one of them Sweet. is kind of looks has so the imaging of a sword, and the other has the imaging of a shield. Kind of those markings of the Hyrule shield and the Master Sword. And those look awesome. Like, I'm really, really into them. Um, Skyward Sword, though, $60 as an HD remake of a Wii game. Um, don't know if I'm going to get it. I was kind of thinking about it, but $60 is a bit steep for me. What do you guys think? But optional motion controls, That's Matt. true. That's very Matt, true. I with know. your sweet new Joy-Cons, your mm -hmm. sweet dark blue, royal blue, High Hylian Shield Master Sword Joy-Cons. Yeah. They look they look amazing. I don't need any more Joy-Cons, but if I did, I'd honestly get those as a adjacent Legend of Zelda fan. Yeah. I know a couple other people that are pretty excited about the fact that the motion controls are optional. And so, you know, for me, when I was looking at it, I also didn't think the aesthetic was that great. The art wasn't... I wasn't really vibing with it. And even though it said like it was an HD remaster, it didn't look yeah. any better. I don't know. It still looked like a total, it's totally still looked like a Wii game to me. Looks like an old game. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like an old game. And, you know, maybe if I get like a, like a wiki summary or an introduction mm -hmm. to that game, and if I find it for forty five dollars somewhere, maybe I'll check it out. But oh, my this first... is a Nintendo game. You're not gonna see it on discount. <laughs> I might see it for forty five dollars in like two, three years. You never know. I mean, obviously Disney has very high quality games, and they keep their games at. MSRP value longer Nintendo. than a say lot Disney. of other. Yeah, Nintendo. Oh, did I, I meant it's like Disney. Oops. I meant, oh. okay, oh, Nintendo. No, I meant it's like Disney in that it has a lot of high quality products and also like doesn't really discount that much. You know, going to a Disney theme park is still like $120 per park or whatever at this point. But anyway, what I'm saying is, is that, you know, it 
maybe if I can get it for like 10 bucks off at some point in the future, I might. However, the art isn't, I'm not vibing with the art and I don't know what the story is. So Mm -hmm. Alex, what's your, I think, I mean, visually it looks fine. You know, it's, I mean, I don't know how much you can do because typically the Zelda games have that particular art style. So I don't know if like remastering it, and like causing it to look drastically different, something that they're willing to do, which is why it might look like a dated game. Cause I think typically they don't want to drift too far from the original design, mm-hmm. but I'd say at least visually, it looks like it's running at 60. So if it runs at a higher frame rate, I think at least on that aspect, the game might feel better to play, mm-hmm. which I think would warrant kind of, you know, it, it is a better game, I guess, if okay. it feels better to play, not to say that I'm, intrigued at all at a $60 price point because that's definitely pretty pricey and especially for a remaster of an old game that's also pricey yeah um so it's this and this isn't like you know a crash re it's not a remake yeah so it's kind of just you know upraising textures improved performance as you guys mentioned you know optional motion controls and now you can use the the right stick for sword slashing but i'd say overall definitely not excited but i do agree with you both of you that the Joy-Cons look amazing. Are these the first time they've done white Joy-Con rails? Because at least on this image that I'm looking no, at, in be- addition to the Joy-Con itself, there's white rails that you can like clap on to make them like a full Joy-Con when they're separate. Yes, yeah, so so the my special edition Animal Crossing Switch has white rails for my mint okay, green okay. and light nice. blue Joy-Cons. Those are beautiful. Right, that. I just want to say that, especially with these colors, they look great with the white. So I do think it's a great color combo that they chose for the Joy-Cons here. But yeah, otherwise, game, you know, never played the original. And as we might get into later, never really played any Zelda. But don't hate me, fans out there. I understand the Zelda franchise, great franchise, just doesn't interest me. What a segue, everybody. Because, you know, you know, when Matt is allowed to host matt hosts for things that he wants to host about (laughs) and and i love legend of zelda i am a a a huge fan of legend of zelda this is the 35th anniversary of legend of zelda um so older than all of us for sure um this is something that is pretty integral to nintendo and i'm pretty sure and this is, you know, this is speculation now because now we have a Nintendo Direct that happened today. Um, but I'm pretty sure they'll probably have an anniversary Legend of Zelda Nintendo Direct sometime this year. But before we get into maybe what we think we might see this year from a Nintendo Direct for Legend of Zelda, I want to test my lovely panel on their uh, overflowing knowledge of the Legend of Zelda series. <laughs> Um, but first, I just want to ask you both, have you played Legend of Zelda? And I, I think you have, but what games have you played? Tiffany, let's start with you. Yeah, so historically, uh, we I had the Link's Awakening DX for the Game Boy way back mm-hmm. when. Played it like very minimally, probably a couple hours. I don't. Rem- I honestly don't have much memory of it. And then... The next game that I played was Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. So Excellent. took a huge leap there. 
I um when I first got my switch on release day on March seventh or eighth, you know, twenty seventeen, I got the switch and bought Snipper Clips. That was the first that was the only game I had from it. And wow. everyone on the planet was playing Breath of the Wild. And everyone on the planet was loving Breath of the Wild. And I had friends all over say, Why aren't you trying Breath of the Wild? Just try it. And I was like, yo, I'm not I don't really play legends of zelda and like no do it and so then i was like you know what fine i decided to get legend of zelda breath of the wild and then i couldn't find it anywhere it was sold hmm. out so it took me a little bit i got it i played about 40 hours of it loved it okay i honest i really enjoyed it i um didn't re- i mean I, I only played 40 hours so i really didn't get that far in the game really and this past christmas i actually got the Link's Awakening remake, which I was super excited about. I have yet to boot that up, though. But that okay. is on my list to play. Excellent, Alex. What what are what are your Legend of Zelda Legend Yeah Legend of Zelda experience? <laughs> so, uh, as Tiffany mentioned, I've played Link's Awakening DX for the Game or Game Boy. Uh, I only got past the first dungeon, never made it to the second dungeon because <laughs> being a dumb little child that I was, I did not understand how to progress in that game. So the majority of my experiences were uh, being called a thief by stealing stuff from the shop in the game. Excellent. Uh, that's so good. Just having fun with the crane game and everything. So yeah, that that's the majority of my experience with that one. Why don't you tell the and... audience how many times you played that part of the game, Alex? I mean, I just don't remember how many times I played. It must be at least like twenty some times I restarted. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, because just playing just the first like figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't know this was pre-internet era. I didn't have any friends that played it. I just had no one to talk to, no resources to address, and I was a child, you know. So I'm like, I'm just playing. Oh look, I can take stuff from the store for free. Oh look, he doesn't want to interact with me anymore because I took something from the store without paying for it. Um, so yeah, it was just a lot of me just running around that tan area and doing the first dungeon, never progressing farther because I didn't know. Okay. Um, and not to, who knows if that played into why I don't play many Zelda games mm-hmm. today. But um, the other game I played is Wind Waker for GameCube. Excellent. Uh, so I've not played the remaster or anything that came out uh, later on, but played the majority of Wind Waker. Never didn't beat it, but playing Wind Waker made me realize how much I hate boats <laughs> in <Okay>. games, <laughs> and just the idea of you know. And it's probably it'll probably come up in the ga- again in the future about me hating boats in games, but specifically for wind waker there was a large emphasis on the king of red lions and using that boat and getting around from island to island and i realized you know riding a boat wasn't a lot of fun i mean getting you know on the getting two islands and you know doing the activities on the islands and stuff okay time but mm-hmm. boats i don't think are fun in any game and i challenge any listener out there to name one, you know, boat in a video game or boat experience in a video game that's actually fun by writing in to the rxp.podcast at gmail.com or tweeting at us at rxp underscore podcast. Someone please prove him wrong. That would be awesome. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> and besides that, I, don't, I haven't played any other Zelda game. Okay. Well, fair enough. 
Um, so we're going to play a little game. This is the first time on the RXP podcast that we're going to play a game. Now, this game um, is taken from another podcast that I really enjoy called the IGN UK podcast. Um, you probably heard of IGN. So their UK team plays games every week. And one game that they play, um, they don't even have a name for it. Um, but So I made up a name, and I made up my own clues and rounds, and we're going to have a great time. So we are calling this game the Confidence Auction. So okay. we have two players. We have Tiffany and we have Alex. So I'm going to name you a category, and you're going to tell me how many items in that category you can name. So it's going to start, say, with Tiffany. So if I say the category is candy, Tiffany says, you know what? I can name four pieces of candy. Alex will then decide if he wants to bet higher and say he can name more or let Tiffany go ahead with that bet. So Alex can say, I can name seven. If Tiffany says, you know what? Alex, tell me that you can actually do seven. It'll be then on Alex to tell me seven pieces of candy. If he can name all seven, then he gets a point. If he doesn't, if he messes up or he can't name seven, then the point goes to Tiffany. Sound good? Any questions? Okay, yeah. yeah. This concept I'm very familiar with, so I'm okay. ready. It might, be, it might be on some other podcast out there. Um, but uh, So, round one. Legend of Zelda games, historically great games, great reviewing games. So name for me the Legend of Zelda games with a Metacritic score of 85 or greater. And I will let you know that there are 15 games that have a Metacritic score of 85 or greater. Tiffany, let's start with you. Okay, I can name three. I can name four. Five. Man. Do you even know five Zelda games? Oof. That's a question. That's that's where I have to. I don't know. Draw Do the... I? <laughs> six. Okay, you name them. Name six. All right, Alex. Six Zelda games with a Metacritic score of eighty-five or greater. Okay. Breath of the Wild. Correct. Ocarina of Time. Correct. Majora's Mask. Correct. And bless you. (laughs) (laughs) I love Majora's Mask so much. Twilight Princess. Correct. Two more. A Link to the Past. Correct. And... I mean, I hope it did, but I'm not exactly sure. Skyward Sword. Correct. Very well done. Um, so just so you guys know, um, so the number one Zelda game is actually one of the best Metacritic games of all time, which is Ocarina of Time, which has a Metacritic score of 99. Um, then in order is Breath of the Wild, Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, Majora's Mask, A Link to the Past, Skyward Sword, Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons, A Link Between Worlds, Phantom Hourglass, The Minish Cap, Link's Awakening on Switch, 
Spirit Tracks, Four Swords Adventures, and Cadence of Hyrule. Um, I oh, I put Cadence, Cadence of Hyrule's yeah. can okay. It was an 85. It was an 85. Uh, things that did not make the All cut, right. um, the original Legend of Zelda at 84, uh, Hyrule Warriors, both the Definitive and Age of Calamity, Triforce Heroes, Zelda 2, Hyrule uh, Warriors Legends, which came out in 3DS, supposedly, and Link's Crossbow Training, which is a 68. So there you go. Wow. All right. So point to Alex. I actually Alex. knew more of those than I thought. Huh. I know. I know. You got it. All right. So round two. Legend of Zelda. And this is going to be talking about the core series. So a lot of the games that we just talked about. Um, music is a huge part of the Legend of Zelda series. So name for me the musical instruments that are either collectible or usable. And there are 20 instruments on this list. What kind of Alex? question is this? <laughs> I will say two. <laughs> I'm going to say four. Ooh. Five. Six. All right, name them. An ocarina. Correct. I'm just going to say a flute. Correct. Wait, so these are any instruments that... That are used or collectible, equipable. A guitar. So I want to clarify. Okay. How does the penalty work? Like, is it the moment she names one incorrectly? Then it goes to you. Yep. Oh, then it goes to me? Yeah. No, you'll get the point. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you said flute and ocarina. Yeah. And then I said guitar. Guitar. Correct. The Zora guitar and uh, um, Majora's Mask, which you haven't played. Of course. <laughs> of course. That's clearly why I named that. Exactly. And then, yeah. And so I need three more. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, a tambourine. No. There is no tambourine. Oh, dang. Yeah. Um, these Wait, are really specific. Can I, can I try? Uh, go ahead, Alex. Go try? ahead, Alex. Okay. So the three she said. And I would like to add, her just saying guitar, I feel like that's a little too generic. I was, but, I was giving her benefit of the doubt. Oh, okay. okay. Is it a sitar? Like, I, I would have. Guitar. So it is a guitar. Yeah, it's a guitar. Yeah. Well, then. Yeah. But he said it's a z- it's what a, a Zora, Zora guitar? guitar, yeah. No, See, but like it's a the specific Z- Zora is the people. The I mean, yeah. The so it's, it could be a different guitar. You don't know what their people play. I, I was I'm just being saying. nice. I'm so mad at you. Just if, name your if, instruments. If you're both huge Legend of Zelda fans, I might have been a little bit more stickler. But okay, we're just here for okay. fun. You know, go right. ahead, Alex. Name it for I'm the. I'm gonna say harp. Yes. Okay, that that's the one I knew that there would be a harp somewhere in there. Yep. Um, There's actually two harps, but okay. Well, see, double just so down. You know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, other instruments. I mean, a lot of you know when when I think Zelda music, right? It's very oh maracas, melodious. Maracas. You know, it's very kind of soothing. What did you say? Is maracas not an answer? Maracas? No. 
Yeah. Uh, oh. Um, okay. Well, you've lost, so you can't answer anymore. Um, I'm surprised you guys both played Link Awakening, and that has so. the most. Link Awakening. Has I never the got most past this, the first dungeon, so how would I know what instruments? That's a good are point. In that game? That's a good point. Yeah, I I have no idea. Pan flute. <laughs> no. <laughs> so <laughs> would a, these would are. Would a pan flute be different than a flute? Well, yeah, I guess you're right. Zelda aside, are they different flutes? I have no idea. So <laughs> okay. these include the recorder, flute, ocarina, and then here comes all the Link's Awakening that you have to collect throughout the game. Moonshallow, Conchhorn, Sea Lily's Bell, Surf Harp, Wind Marimba, Coral Triangle, Organ of Evening Calm, Thunder Drum, uh, Deku Pipes, Zora Guitar, Goron Drums, Harp of Ages, Conductor's Baton, Drum. or the Wind Waker... That you, you know, waved around. I'm counting that. Wait, that's not an instrument. I counted it. I counted it. <laughs> well, I got the point. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, and then I made a tiebreaker just in case you guys did it. And I'm just going to name it for fun. I'm going to let Tiffany have the first crack at this to be on the board. This tiebreaker because it's out of a fellow love for board games. So in 2014, Legend of Zelda got a Zelda-themed Monopoly game. It had six-player tokens. Can you name three to be on the board? Okay, sure. Link. Do it. Zelda and Ganondorf. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, is that not right? Alex, can you name three? <laughs> what? What? Monopoly game is not using the people from the freaking Triforce. I feel like they usually use inanimate objects, but maybe I'm wrong in that. They use wait so the Triforce, the Hylian Shield, the bow, slingshot, hookshot, and the Gale boomerang. Anyway, there you go. Let we let the record show I win two to nothing. So I say I say we we make games a thing. And I say we we keep a record going. So currently, the record holds Alex 1, Tiffany 0, Matt 0. Till next week. So, moving on to really what we had planned to talk about from the very beginning, which now we're getting to an hour into the show, which is Legend of Zelda, huge, huge deal. This is the 35th anniversary. Last year, around like September time, they had a Mario 35th anniversary uh, Nintendo Direct. What do you guys think is going to happen? If you guys had to have predictions, let's let's go for two predictions each of what we think is going to be announced in this Nintendo Direct for Legend of Zelda. Alex, why don't you start us off? All right. It's a lock. We're going to get Wind Waker and Twilight Princess on Switch. Not not remasters on, like Skyward Sword, but just porting Twilight Princess and Wind Waker to Switch. Do you think it's going to be a combo pack, or do you just think it's going to be digital downloads? No, there'll be digital downloads. So not a, this won't be a physical release. It'll just be like now on the Nintendo eShop, you can buy these games. I, d- I don't think they'll bundle it. No. Yeah, is it I gonna actually be $60? Th- mm, that's good. I mean, I don't know what Nintendo sure, 
but I'd hope God. not. They probably will. That would be terrible. Just a port. Yeah, just a port. Tiffany, what do you think? So, low-hanging fruit, obviously, for Legend of Zelda's 35th anniversary. Legend of Zelda Animal Crossing collaboration. We're going to get Legend of Zelda items. We're going to get costumes. We're going to get a sword. We're going to get a shield. We're going to get Korok seeds. The whole shebang in Animal Crossing. Oh, and you guys can get your own ocarina? And you guys can, like, play music? That would be actually pretty cool. I would Um, like a thunder drum. Yeah, or anything. Yeah, you can get Deku pipes, Deku pipes and everything. Um, oh, and you guys can get all the masks from Majora's Mask, and you could wear them around. That would be awesome. Give it to your villagers. There's more than one mask? Yeah. There's, like, a ton of them in Majora's Mask. It's so awesome. I I, I will say this. If <laughs> this is, you know what, I'm just going to make it, I'm going to make it my, my prediction. Because I shouldn't. Because I don't want to be disappointed twice. But I, I I, had a similar vein of Alex. I don't know if you guys ever had the Legend of Zelda. Well, actually, I know you guys You guys already told me what you played. You guys did not have the Legend of Zelda Collector's Edition for GameCube. It included Legend of Zelda 1, Zelda 2, Ocarina of Time, and Majora's Mask. I think they're going to do the same thing. But this time, it's going to be Ocarina of Time... Majora's Mask, Twilight Princess, and Wind Waker. But I think the thing is, it's going to be four in one. And it's going to be available that same day. You're outrageous. And it's going to blow my mind. And it's going to be great. And when that happens, I will, if Majora's Mask gets announced on Switch, I will purchase it for both of you. So that you we can are out have of control. a control. So that we can have a peer review. Out of control. And it's I, a wild time. I, that's going to happen. So get ready because you're going to play it. It is going to be great. But there's no way they're going to release all four in like, do you think they're all going to be separate digital downloads also? Or do you think it's going to be a combo it's, pack? It's going to be like uh, the 3D collection that was really disappointing for Super Mario <laughs> that had three games. It had Super Mario 64, Galaxy, and... Um, uh, sunshine. Sunshine. Yeah. Okay. So, so in that case, since there are only three games there, and they didn't include Galaxy Two for that All Star Bundle, why do you think they'd include four games for the Zelda Bundle? Because I really want it to be. I really what? want it. Because, um, <laughs> so, all right, Nintendo, you heard him. Don't crush his dreams. Yeah. Like that's that's a totally just me wanting that. Um, they we know that Twilight Princess and Wind Waker are happening. Like they've all but said so like all the patents have shown for those two and skyward sword skyward sword of course got announced today um so we know that's happening and i think ocarina of time and majora's mask have such a cult following they know there are thousands upon hundreds of thousands of people just like me that will follow majora's mask and ocarina of time until we die we will purchase it on every console the only console I haven't purchased it on that it's available on is Wii U because I didn't have that console. But everything else oh I've had gosh. Majora's Mask and it's so good. Alex. How many times have you played that game? Uh, A lot. Okay. I don't even know. Maybe like six to ten times or something crazy. Oh my goodness. It's a long game. Gracious. 
Yeah, and it's it's a time like you have to plan out your time and like there's a lot of cross uh, themes through it and you like have to go through different storylines to get to certain other storylines and it's it's so much fun. I can't wait for you guys to play it. Um, it's going to be a great peer review this year. <laughs> I'm talking this into existence and you can't take that away from me. <laughs> okay. All right, Alex, what is your second prediction? All right, my second prediction, a little bit spicier than the first prediction. Ooh, yes. So, for Breath of the Wild 2, or whatever it's called. that That's not the prediction about the name. For Breath of the Wild 2. <laughs> Could you imagine if your prediction was just that it was called Breath of the Wild 2? <laughs> You're like, oh, spicy. <laughs> I mean, co- look at uh, Nintendo's history. I mean, besides Zelda 2 they're t- and like you know Super Mario Galaxy 2, they're usually not big on just calling things 2. That's true. So That's true. Saying it's going to be called Breath of the Wild 2 in and of itself is like, oh, I mean, there is, they've called things too, but it's unlikely. That could be a spicy bit. Yeah. Little spi- this is a little spicier than that. Okay, though. good. Um, so in Breath of the Wild 2, Zelda will be an AI companion. So she will be like there with you during the journey. This isn't a Link solo adventure. It's Link plus Zelda. And there'll be optional two-player co-op Whoa. where the second player can play as Zelda with you. So while you don't have the second player, it's just AI controlling her. Or, you know, there'll probably be an option for you as Link to be like, Zelda, go over here, you know, do this or whatever. Uh-huh. And then you can have the ability to have a second player control Zelda. And you can co-op the entirety of Breath of the Wild 2. Wow. I love that prediction. That That's is so cool. That is not happening. I I don't think that the co-op is happening while I would love that to happen. I think why not have Zelda a playable character or like part of the adventure? Like in the trailer from like a year and a half ago or whenever it came out, they were in a cave like looking around and then they come across like some crypt or whatever. Like you you might be spot on right there. Like I don't know about the co-op. That would be awesome, but I don't know if that's going to happen. But oof, spicy. I like it. So, Tiffany, let is me yours just a spicy? preface. No, it's mine's not as spicy. But like I just want to preface oh. this that I feel like maybe also the pandemic might have steered them away from doing co-op like that. Uh because you can't like get together with your pals to like co-op that game. And Nintendo Nintendo online sucks really bad. <laughs> Yeah, basically. So that's that's my rationale for why I don't think that's going to happen. However, it would be super cool. Okay, so my prediction is that we're going to get a Ze- Legend of Zelda 35th anniversary pin set. That is going to be Ugh. an option, a collectible you can do if you do some nonsense on the Nintendo website. And, you know... They, they did this with Mario 35, which is why I'm bringing it up now. And a lot of people try to get that pin set, and a lot of people failed. But I think Zelda's also going to do that. Yeah, that drives me crazy because I did everything right. And those stupid scalpers picked them up and are selling them online on eBay for freaking ridiculous. But you're probably right. They 100% have a pin set ready to go. And people will lose their mind. And I'll try to get some, but I probably won't succeed. And I'll be super sad. Maybe I'll help you. I'll help you. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. (laughs) 
All right, so if my first one, if my first prediction was basically a dream, this one I actually think has a good shot of happening. Okay. So bear with me, Let's right? Hear it. You guys both played Link's Awakening. That was initially a Game Boy game, Game Boy Color, and then it went on and, you know, had other iterations. Coming into this like cutesy style for the Switch in 2019 that did really well. I played Love it. it. I loved it. Um, Tiffany got it. Hasn't played it. You know what I mean? Like so, <laughs> <laughs> there's there's the two realms. It could be. But she still loves it. But she still loves but I still it. I still love it. Yeah. I think that that would be awesome to do that style with another old game, a game that is consistently on a lot of people's top five lists, including mine, is A Link to the Past, which came out on the SNES, and I think. Looking at the style, you could definitely have that new Link's Awakening Switch style on A Link to the Past and re-release it on Switch, and people will love it, including me, and I think it will review well and probably play really well, because it's one of the best stories, and the problem is, most people haven't played it because it came out in 1992. Like, it's not a game that people probably played, uh, because it was on SNES, and, you know, current players just don't experience that. I think... 100%, you know, they saw how well A Link's Awakening did with that new reimagined art style. I think mm-hmm. it had such a positive reaction to it that they have to reuse that on an older game, whether it be A Link to the Past or maybe Oracle of Seasons. You know, somewhere in there, one of the Game Boy or SNES era, that would be perfect. I'd be down, I think. I don't know anything about that storyline, but that art, yo, that art draws me in Mm. truth 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 um yeah i think any of those could happen at least a portion of them um i also one of my one of my uh predictions that i was planning on talking about may not happen because i was thinking that breath of the wild 2 or whatever it's going to be called it's going to release holiday 2021 really hoping for it because open critic uh i need you um i thought that they were going to release a new switch model not not a switch pro but just a model um that you know kind of like how animal crossing had theirs um but now that they have joy cons releasing in july it's probably not gonna happen i wouldn't think but yeah anyway. i don't think other- so either any other last-ditch efforts for predictions that you guys have? So tell me, Matt, what is Zelda's birthday? Like, um, is it you know Feb February? Like what it date? Is. So I had pl- you know we had initially talked about this episode last week. This is bringing up because I thought that it was going to happen at the end of February, this Nintendo Direct. Because the birthday is February 21st, 1986. Uh. So with this Nintendo Direct that happens now, you know, going back to when we talked about the Mario 35th anniversary, all that ends in March. Like all of those, that content that goes away in March Maybe when that is over, maybe that's when they put in the direct because they don't want to kind of overpopulate, you know, the Nintendo service. So April 1st, right? And then they're going <laughs> to announce everything and be like, just kidding. 
Oh, uh, that would be terrible. <laughs> I would hate that so much. <laughs> they're like, Majora's no, Mask. horrible. HD remake. <laughs> no, Just they're going to announce they're remaking every game up to Skyward Sword. They're like, we rem- we're remastering Skyward Sword and we already told you that. But every other mainline Zelda title is going to get a remake. Oh, man. Ugh. Hopefully, some of these predictions come through. And honestly, we don't really know that a Nintendo Direct is happening. So hopefully it is. And hopefully Majora's Mask is within that Direct in some capacity. Because I love it so much. And I really want us to do a peer review. Do you guys have 3DS? Yeah. Oh. Well, there's a backup plan at least. Oh my god! I already have it for 3DS, so... uh... I can. I just need to buy two copies at that moment. Um, anyway, if you have any predictions, or if you want to just tell us about what you love about Legend of Zelda, you can write in at rxp.podcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at rxp underscore podcast. But for now, that's it. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. I meant it's like Disney. All about those strokes. <laughs>